0: empower and rehabilitate you back to health without further ado please enjoy the show welcome back to our wonderful listeners so today on the episode we're going to be talking about pilates and we're gonna probably we're gonna do some myth busting around Pilates, and as well we're gonna chit chat um, also about like approaching health from a broader perspective and how like those broader perspectives all tie in with like fitness and exercise. So I'd like to welcome Sue to the podcast. Welcome. How are you? I'm wonderful. Yourself? I'm very good. <laughs> I figure the best place for us to start is wanting to tell us a little bit about you and like what kind of got you into Pilates and like into nutrition and like all of that stuff so help us build some context for the show
1: absolutely so I was actually a dancer a ballet dancer born into a body that was not necessarily a perfect ballet body and uh I did a lot of things uh that weren't so great for my body in order to maintain the body that I needed for my career. But then as I was heading into college, I I decided that I was gonna double major in nutrition. Um, And my original goal was to learn how to starve myself better. But what I ended up doing was learn what I was doing to my body and then I couldn't really do it anymore. So it was a bit of a, was part of, not the only thing, in a healing journey for me. And at that same time, I discovered Pilates through dance as well, because dance and Pilates are really tied together. And we can talk a little bit more about that when we talk about the myths, but um, I dabbled when I was dancing. And then later on, uh, I would say before my first, before my children, I started getting into teaching. Amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Who like, you know, you just never know
0: what direction life is, you know, going to take you. You kind of have this like one way that you're doing things and like, yeah, okay, I'm going to learn about nutrition. And you think that it's going to end you here and it like ends you in a, you know, total 180. Um. So yeah, life, life, life is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Let's talk about maybe some de- definitions or some, some defining Um, because, you know, if somebody asks me like, what's Pilates, I'm like, uh, Mm ah, exercise. (laughs) I mean, I have an idea in my mind and I certainly have a picture, but I want to know from like somebody who does it rather than me trying to create a definition out of it. So like, how would, how do you describe Pilates? Um, when people ask you
1: about it? Yeah, I would say, Um, For me, Pilates is a beautiful blend of both strengthening and stretching. So really pretty much every exercise focuses on finding your center and drawing into the center, but at the same time, reaching out away from the center. And that is how it creates a longer muscle and a longer, so it changes your body, If you've only been doing other kinds of exercise or you haven't been, what you'll notice when I was doing my very intensive training, the training that I did is a 600-hour program that you need to complete in nine months. So it's really intense. And I remember people saying to me from before that to after, because I was doing Pilates before that, but not as much, that just the whole shape of your body changes uh, because your muscles sort of change into a longer, leaner, line. But for me, it's strength and stretch at the same time, while strengthening the core, which is the deep muscle. So we're not talking about six pack abs here, right? Uh, I feel like people are always like, why don't you have six pack abs? I'm like, well, because I'm not strengthening my rectus abdominis, which is the muscle that makes the six pack abs, I'm strengthening the deep abdominal muscles that surround your spine. And, um, and focus. I think that that's a really big piece that the mental concentration needed to do Pilates when you're there carries through to the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. I, 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 because I, I have like, a, I just have this like vision of like a full on side plank with like the legs stretched out and I'm going, okay, I better, con- you know, like, I, it's like concentrate. Cause you're going to fall over if you like, yep. you know, um, sometimes even when you're concentrating, you fall over. So, you know, yeah, it happens. But I mean, it, it sounds like it's also like a really good de-stressor because mm-hmm. um, well, there's so many different ways to do it. I mean, I do it in Brazilian jujitsu. Like I can't think about my stresses of the day because somebody's trying to choke me. In this yeah. case, you know, it's like, I'm trying to like maintain this posture um, yeah. and I have to focus on it. So these are just different ways of like becoming mindfully present with
1: your body. Yeah, it's really true. And I would say like one really awesome thing that um, stands out for me in terms of feedback that I get from people is, and I don't necessarily realize this because as a dancer, I'm very connected to what my, and I've always been very connected to my body and what my body's doing. And that mind-body coordination is a big part of dance. But for people that haven't done things like that, the the mind body connection and having to think and have your body perform right and I'm sure you know that also from jujitsu but that's a skill that not everybody has it's a, certainly a skill that you can develop, yes, right? over can develop mm-hmm. yeah over time yeah yep um, but if you haven't done things like that and so that's sometimes a surprising benefit when people are doing Pilates, all of a sudden they're like, Oh, you know, like I just noticed that like in my life I go to do something and my abs are engaged and I'm like, you know? Yeah. Good,
0: good segue. Because I was going to be like, you know, what are, you know, what are some of the benefits of uh, doing Pilates? And, And you just kind of presented a more like, um, I wanted to say non-traditional, but that's not, that's not the word I'm specific. It's just, it, you presented a benefit that most people wouldn't necessarily think of, right? Yeah. Their first thing would be like, oh, cause you know, fitness and, you know, uh, yeah. just like the physical benefits of doing exercise, but I'll kind of let you dive dabble a little bit or dive into like, what are some of the main benefits that people like express to you when they practice
1: Pilates? I would say, number one is, is it heals your body. So people will come, I often have people come to me, a lot of times people that are super young and have some other area of fitness that they do. They're not necessarily the people that are going to pick up Pilates. I mean, it's awesome when they do. But usually it's some sort of somebody has an injury they're dealing with. Or something like that, and that draws them to Pilates because it is more expensive um, than, say, you know, the class at your gym. Um, but the doing the exercises of Pilates will heal your body. So I never treat an injury. That's not what I do. I teach Pilates, but through that, I can't tell you how many how many injuries have been healed that, you know, I get, I had this summer, I got a message from a client who had spinal surgery and she sent me a photo of her doing yoga on a pallet board. And she was like, you're the reason I can do this. You know, Um, I have another client who was dealing with a lot of plantar fasciitis, which is for people that don't know, it's like a horrible heel pain. Like you wake up in the morning, you step out of bed, it hurts. A lot of runners get it. And she started with Pilates and I think she was like, okay, well, I'll do Pilates for a little bit and see if it helps my feet. And the feet issue totally went away, but then she fell in love with Pilates and now she does it, you know, ongoing. So I would say that, that, that healing piece, if you're dealing with something that is, is impeding your life, but then another thing is just to regain strength and trust and confidence in your body. So I feel like one of the really awesome things is that someone like the client I was just talking about feels super confident to go get on the paddleboard, right? And, and do paddleboard yoga at 50 years old. And why not? Why not? Right. Um, so I would say strength. A lot of people get a lot more mobility too. And, and I've had clients over the years that are older clients that are grandparents and they come and they say, well, I just wanna be able to get up and down off the floor with my grandchildren. And I think if you're someone who is into fitness or into moving, we don't always take, we kind of take that for granted. Like it's not even something that we would think about, like, oh wait, we might not be able to get up and down off the floor. And that's just a very simple thing, but it's really important throughout your life.
0: Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's an activity of daily living. Right. And, sure. um, you know, we all face different, uh, challenges, um, and experience different things, different changes in our body over time. Yeah. Um, and you know, not every exercise, like, not every exercise is going to be right for you, depending on like the injury you're dealing with or how much muscle loss you've experienced Mm -hmm. over time. Right. Like you, you may need to start with something in one place to then be able to move on to, to the next place. And I, and I think about this, like with pain, and I've certainly, it's funny, like, you know, going through this pandemic at the beginning, I was like, I stayed super fit and I was super motivated and, you know, My fitness gym still, you know, like I I can't, I can't do contact sport jujitsu right now. So I'm not doing that. And, you know, you're at home and it's like, I could work out, but I could also (laughs) sit down. And so I've noticed um, that having not exercised as regularly over the last couple of months, I feel my joints differently, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm going up the stairs and my knees kind of feel... Like there's not pain. I don't have pain, but they just feel like they're taking on more pressure than normal and like kind of a little creaky. And I and I think to myself, like, you know, okay, clients like are in pain and a lot of times they won't want to exercise because it's painful. Like, right, they don't want to go into the thing that's going to rehabilitate them like mm-hmm. to move forward with it. Right. And and so then I think to myself, like the only way that I'm going to get this creakiness out of my knee is to get back at uh, getting my muscles stronger. So in the beginning, you're going to have to go nice and slow, Correct. rebuild that muscle. So it starts providing better support and then start loading more, but you know, so yeah, it definitely got me thinking about, you know, different forms of exercise yeah. that, um, are more gentle for individuals who have an injury that need to get started somewhere. Yeah. And they need to move.
1: Yeah. And you know, what's really cool about Pilates is every single exercise can be modified. So I've had, you know, a group class um, on zoom or in person where I've got like one person coming in on crutches and taking their boot off And then somebody else coming like super fit and ready to go, they can all be in the same class. And it's possible for me to challenge each person and modify in any way that they need. And that's really the way the system was created allows me to do that.
0: Amazing. Yeah, that's really great. So let's talk about like, so, you know, let's talk about what a typical Pilates class might look like, like what, you know, like somebody who's never taken one, like if I were to come
1: in for a class, like what would that class look like? Yeah, so I think we can kind of like talk about two different things, because I do have a studio with equipment in it. And that's going to look really different than a Zoom class, which is what a lot of us are doing right now. But both are equally beneficial. And I actually have a lot of clients right now. Um, I have been able to bring people back in one-on-one. You know, we wear masks and, and all of that stuff. We do lots of cleaning. And so I have some people coming in once a week and then doing Zoom a couple times a week. And because I didn't have the Zoom classes and I didn't really offer group classes the year prior to the shutdown. Um, before that, they really only had the option of coming in and doing their privates. And it, having both is really creating a really great picture. And Pilates wasn't really created to just be on the reformer or just be on the mat, but it was created as a system. So to do all those things, but if you're coming into the studio, you're going to usually work my way around you know some kinds of contemporary plotties. I teach classical platies, which is just a little more closely related to how it was originally created and in classical plotties, it's really important that we move around the equipment so we don't just get on the reformer um, which in a contemporary studio it's pretty common to find just like a reformer class and you get on the reformer you do your whole workout and then you leave. For us, it's like there's a lot of different pieces of equipment that we move through. I always do some mat too. Now in Zoom class, you come in, we work our way through the traditional mat order And, you know, I might say, if I have five people in class, I might say, hey, Susan, I know your wrist is bothering you, so you're going to do an elbow plank. And Stacy, you're going to do tricep push ups. And so I can individually teach to each person. And it's been really cool. uh, A really cool benefit of the pandemic for me was that realizing that the type of Pilates that I teach is really well made for Zoom because I just talk, I don't do with my clients and I can see everybody really well. And it's, and a lot of them say, it's like I'm in the room with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I certainly can uh, can picture uh, that working uh, quite well, when you can see what everybody's doing and knowing kind of their particular, you know, modifications needed. It's easy yeah. to, you know, be able to, to sort of modify that so so it's kind of like mat work um yes. n- mainly via zoom like are is there other special equipment needed other than a
1: mat or is it so um i do use it so sometimes i have some people depending on who's in class um we have a magic circle which i use a lot on zoom or one pound weights therabands um so those are all things foam roller that i can teach with Um, And a lot of times I just judge it by like, kind of like who's there, who has what. Um, I have some clients who really like the magic circle for certain exercises. So even if I'm not using it in that class, they'll just bust it out. They know exactly what they're supposed to do with it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And then of course, if you're seeing something, you can then like make that modification. Yeah. 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 Okay. So cool. Like, I mean, and I assume after they've had a few sessions, they kind of know what they're supposed
1: to like. Correct. So to be doing. And and it it takes like probably about three classes. The first three classes, you're like, what am I doing? (laughs) Holding everyone up. I have no idea what's going on. And then like around the third or fourth time, you're like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing.
0: yeah well that's that's usually true like with anything that you're starting off new it's always going to be awkward and you know uh like what am I doing am I doing this correctly a lot of questioning a lot of curiosity um but that's you know that's with
1: anything in life switching a job like they worry about like slowing down the group and I'm like don't worry they're happy for a break. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: Um, so let's let's jump into a couple of common myths about Pilates. I don't even know that there are myths about it, but yes. I'm ready to like learn what I don't need to know and what I do need to know. So, there share are away.
1: A lot of myths about Pilates. Okay, <laughs> cool. You'll probably do a whole podcast episode mm-hmm. on the myths of Pilates. And I would say, um, number one is people think Pilates is yoga, Ah. or is exactly the same as yoga, right? Um, And I think yoga is awesome. I do yoga too. And I actually think Pilates and yoga kind of make a really excellent balanced system. But uh, yoga is very opening. So you're opening your chest, you're opening your heart, and it's a little more... Mindfulness, I guess. Not. I mean, Pilates. You're working on your mind because you're focusing, but we're not particularly talking about what your mind is doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Pilates is more centering. So Pilates is all about drawing it to the center and then moving out. So when you do your first Pilates class or the first couple Pilates classes, you'll hear me say like abdominals in and up. And it'll feel like when you're starting out, that that's all I'm saying, abs in and up, abs in and up, because I need to get you to the point where your abs engage without you thinking about it. And then all of a sudden I start talking about, hug your legs together and reach your arms by your ears. And then um, I have a teacher who I trained with and I think it was her teacher said this to her, if I remember correctly, but they said, once I start talking about your pinky fingers and you pink, your pinky toes, then you know, you've really arrived because I've gotten as far away from the center as possible. Gotcha. Very so cool. That's myth number one, it's not yoga, but they do complement each other. Myth number two is that Pilates is just for women. But Oh yeah, I could that- see that one. Laugh at this myth because Joseph Pilates was a guy. He was like a boxer. He was a ladies man. Like, <laughs> so, and I think um, the reason that that happened, and it's like twofold because the second, the next myth I was going to talk about is Pilates is for dancers. And so I think that's where the women tied in because the reason that Pilates got tied to dancers was legitimately location, when he came to the United States and opened his studio, it was in the same building as the New York City Ballet studios. And so George Balanchine, who is the father of American Ballet, New York City Ballet, he realized that if he sent his injured dancers to Joseph Plattis that they would heal. And so that's where that connection between dancers came from. So a lot of the elder teachers are former dancers. And then, and of course, the dance world is so heavily women. And then I think you had a little bit of the Jane Fonda 1980s workout that brought it in more. <laughs> and and now we are stuck with Pilates is for women. Um. And but not at all. I mean, he was a boxer. He was like very tough dude. Um. So cool. And I would say those are a couple of myths. The last myth I have. Well, I have two. Pilates requires expensive equipment, which we sort of touched on, definitely doesn't. He originally created it as mat. It was mat only when he originally created it. And then he created all the equipment when he realized people needed help to learn how to execute the exercises. Mm. So the equipment was to teach you how to execute his mat exercises properly. And the last thing is a double myth, (laughs) People always say it's either there's a myth that Pilates is hard and there's a myth that Pilates is easy. Okay. Yeah. I can see it being, I can see that being on a spectrum for sure. (laughs) So, and it really depends. Um, I would say where Pilates is similar to yoga is there are a lot of different styles that have evolved over the years, just like there are a lot of different kinds of yoga. And so sometimes you need to experiment till you find the one that's the right fit for you. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. I think funny enough, I've seen a meme on Facebook Mm -hmm. and it's like, um, this very sort of fit female walking with her mat and it, it, it was something to the effect of like you think you know Pilates is uh easy come join me for 60 minutes and see if you can walk out of it or so it was just something like yeah. the effect that just made me spark my memory uh, regarding that myth so I mean I imagine that these things you know these positions, Um, are challenging, like would probably be challenging for me. Like if you're not used to doing exercise in a certain way, you're Mm -hmm. probably going to feel soreness in muscles you didn't know you had because, right, like the muscles that I use, let's say in jujitsu, is going to be very different than the types of muscles and the way that I use the muscles in something Mm -hmm. like a yoga
1: or a Pilates like is going to be different. Absolutely. And one of the things I tell my people all the time is that I'm talking about them like my people, (laughs) my students, um, is that um, it actually gets harder as you do it. So Because in the beginning, like I was talking about before, you're just worried about the abs. You're like, I don't even care what your arms and legs are doing at that point. Right. Yeah. And so it's just funny when I used to work um, in a, in a studio in Philadelphia, my friends and I would grab a workout together and we would teach each other and we both do it. And, and as we're working out, we're like, we make people do this. This is so hard because you know, so much. So the more you know, it's the harder it is. So it just kind of keeps getting harder, which is why I think it's a really cool form of exercise because it's always challenging you and you sort of never really hit that point where you're like, okay, well now now I'm done and I'm bored and now I'm gonna fall off the wagon.
0: Yeah, very very good point. Yes, thank you very much for like highlighting some of the, you know, like benefits and like what people can expect from from Pilates. Um we're going to take a little bit of a like we're going to take a little bit of a detour here. Um you know, because you know, we we had a little bit of a conversation before the, you know, before the podcast and you were sort of chatting about like the importance of nutrition and of course you have a double major in nutrition and uh, so I wanted to talk about like nutrition and like what are some m- new mindsets we need to have and like how does nutrition kind of tie in with what you do as a Pilates instructor? Like how does that fit in for you?
1: Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I feel like food is so. It to me, honestly, coming from someone who actually teaches exercise, food is way more important than doing exercise. Like, um, because I look at it like this, right? Food is your fuel, fuel, right? And you're not gonna, if you're driving your car and it's on E, you're not gonna keep driving. You're gonna stop and you're gonna get gas and you fill your car up. But we as, um, you know, as an American culture and, and I'm not, you know, you can tell me more about the Canadian culture, but we just keep going. And like, you're starving and you're running around and you grab like junk and you fill your car. So it's like the question of, are you going to go to the gas station that, you know, the sign is falling down and it's really dirty, or are you going to go to the sparkling new gas station? Like, which one are you going to choose if they're across the street, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I, well, I, can't, I can't, I mean, you know first and foremost, it's difficult to make any kind of general statements. However, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that we're not that far removed, right? Mm -hmm. Like the people who are kind of focused on their health are going to obviously behave in a certain way. But like generally speaking, like we're all on the run. I I think it's like a North American Mm -hmm. uh, culture now where we just like go. And I don't know if the pandemic's made that better or worse because of accessibility of technology. Like, you know, you had your whole workstation at home. So it's like, do I need to punch out at five o'clock? I didn't finish. I don't have anywhere to go. So I'll yeah. just keep working. So I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm sure we'll have some research and studies into that, but, um, but certainly um But then on the flip side, I wonder if people are making healthier choices because they are working from home and it's like, well, I'll take a longer break. I'll put together my food and I'll eat better. There's probably I'm going to say there's probably a massive spectrum. Totally. But but I do agree that certainly like when, you know, when it gets busy and you haven't planned like Mm -hmm. I do like Tuesdays are my like major clinical days. Like I'm nine in the morning till nine at night. And like, I got to drive an hour into work and drive an hour home. So I'm out of the house, let's say, you know, 13, 14 hours. Yeah. I make sure that I have my food prepped for that day. Right. Because I know that if I don't, I'm going to go to the pizza shop right next door and I'm going to slam my face full of pizza. Right, which for me personally, it's not that I don't have anything against pizza, I quite enjoy pizza. Um, but you know, just having had some stomach issues in the past and some issues around digestion, I'm just trying to make healthier choices absolutely. more often than I don't. Mm-hmm. But that has to be a priority, and you have to plan
1: it, yeah, absolutely. And I agree, and I always say, you know, that. If we fail to plan, we plan to fail, right? That's, I mean, that's sort of how I go. Um, I have three kids and they're currently in what's called hybrid school. So they go to school two days a week for four hours each day. And then the rest of the time you're doing school at home. So for me, things are even busier because I'm trying to squeeze my work in around that. Um, And I think for some people, things have slowed down and and I know I have people that I know of that have taken up baking and they're, you know, so I I think there's again, a wide range, but I think that for me, we need to get rid of the diet mindset because a diet is number one, a punishment. Number two, you're, you're feeling like you're withholding, right. Mm. And it's not sustainable. So we're really looking to create a lifestyle, not something you're going to do to get. And, and I think that's the other thing is like, what's the goal? Like a diet, you go on a diet for three months because you want to fit into your size six jeans, right? Yep. And That is not what I'm about at all. I'm about eating for optimal energy and optimal health for the rest of your life. And it yeah. has nothing to do the size six genes because we all have different bodies and I don't like I'm not healthy right in a size six gene that's just not my body is not healthy in that size and I think we get stuck on that and that's just not what it's about I certainly get that sense
0: like especially like more specifically you know women as as we get older right I look at myself you know being you know a, a, a a couple, couple years from my forties, um, looking, (laughs) looking back at like pictures of myself in, in my twenties, right. My body was very different,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right. It was very thin, very lean. My metabolism was Mm -hmm. very, very different. Um, and now after children, my body's different again, and it's funny because I said to my, you know, like I, you know, especially with the pandemic, it's like stepping on the skin and being like, okay, <laughs> things have gotten a little bit, things have gotten a little bit, uh, you know, they've changed. Right. And I was like, oh, I need to start exercising. And, and you know, my husband's like, if you lose too much, like you're going to look ill. Yeah. Right. Because it no longer suits yeah. my body. I think it's about eating for the right energy demands. Yeah. Right. Um, and eating healthy for those energy demands. Like I can't eat McDonald's all the time and then, you know, go train two hours of hardcore, you know, um, sparring at jujitsu. Like I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to survive that because it's, you know, I'm just going to blast through the glucose and I'll have nothing left. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To exactly. sustain me at the end. Right. And so that's not a healthy option, right? I need to eat foods that optimizes my, you know, muscle strength. And I imagine if you're starting a Pilates, you know, where it's like focusing on strengthening and building that muscle, like you're going to need some good protein. Mm -hmm. If you're going to want to have like optimal changes to the muscle structure. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that there's this thing, like, I don't know if this, because you mentioned, you know, photo of you in the twenties, I know for me, like if I look back to what I looked like when I was 20, let's say, I can remember how I felt about my body and it is not aligned with the way that I looked and oh, it's the yeah. same Thing in my thirties. And it's the same. So do we want to spend the rest of our lives looking back and saying, oh, I wish I appreciated my body when it looked like that. Because you could do that for the rest of your life. Like I'm 43 now. So in 10 years, I could look back and be like, oh, wow, I really wish I appreciated it. Right. Or we can just appreciate it right now and appreciate the fact that maybe we carried a human or that every day our, you know, we wake up and we give our partner a hug or all the things, the simple things that our bodies allow us to do that get overlooked. Uh Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And
0: you're, you're totally, totally right. Because, you know, as you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, okay, so I may have looked like that. But was I really happy? Or was it really hard on the way I looked back then, too? Right, right, right. And now I certainly feel very different about my body. I'm like, you know, I actually feel like I'm falling more in love with myself as the days pass. Because I'm no longer, I may be under those social kind of judgmental pressures that Mm -hmm. I was sort of, that I perceived in my 20s, you know, now it's like, I don't, you know, I I, I kind of, it's not that I don't care, but it's I don't care as much like about that external sort of validation. It's like, do I feel healthy? Am I eating well? And am I treating my body as if it is the beautiful thing that it is, right? Like, what am I putting into it?
1: If I wanna feel beautiful and like healthy, I probably
0: need to put in some beautiful, healthy
1: food. Yeah, that's exactly exactly what what it is. And, And I like to say like, you don't need a new body, you need to take care of the body that you're already in. And it's a lot of mindset, you know, if I have a day I, where I moved, you know, I like to get up early and work out and, and this fall has been a struggle with my kids being back in school. And I just hasn't, haven't been doing it as much as I would like. So if I get up and I move, and then throughout that day, I eat healthy. I feel good in my skin. The very next day, if I don't eat well, or I miss the workout, I don't feel good. My body looks exactly the same, but it doesn't to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True. True uh and this kind of I guess segues a little bit into like the sort of next thing that you you sort of mentioned to me that's like a really important aspect um so you got like we have the fitness we obviously have how the food helps drive our fitness and drives our body and fuels us to do the things that we need to do the next part you sort of talked about is like the emotions and personal development so we're talking about mindset right so you know T- talk to me, like, where did that piece come in for you? Why do you feel like it's such an important aspect yeah. as kind of like part of your whole picture?
1: Yeah, because my whole picture, you know, um, I have elementary age children, right? So we're all like, you know, a lot of the people I'm around, my friends are all in the thick of it. I mean, even more so now, because clearly we've lost the 30 hours that we used to have when they would go to school. Um And I have a lot of friends who just can't take the time for themselves. And that's where I think the mindset comes in because the only way you're ever really going to be able to change that is to know that, that you can't, that you're worth it. Number one, number two, you can't take care of everyone else. If you're not taking care of yourself, like for me, I have to take care of myself first, no matter what because I'm not going to be able to do a good job with everybody else. And that's a mindset shift that'll, that people need to make, because if you can't make that mindset, then you're always going to be the one that sort of falls into the back burner. Or when things get crazy, okay, well, I'll give up my workout and I'll do this for everybody else. And so there has to be, and that sort of ties to the body image part that we were talking about before. You kind of, you have to love your body, you have to love yourself. You have to love the skin you're in so that you know that you're worthy of taking that time that you well deserve. I can
0: hear this in my mind, right? Because there's <laughs> there's some subconscious kind of stuff coming up. And I'm sure this is coming up in some of our listeners' minds. Mm-hmm. The, like, yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but am I selfish? Yeah. Yeah, no. but you know i don't have time to do everything i need to do yeah you know like where do you expect
1: me to fit this all in yeah and i think that's where the mindset change has to happen that the you part has to become non-negotiable you know what if your child has to watch an extra half hour on the screen so that you can move your body and feel good about yourself or sit there and lay there. Like it doesn't always have to be exercise, too, right? Like it could be meditation. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but we as women in our culture, you know, I read a book, it's called, uh, it's gonna come to me. Um, it's something about minivans, and I'm totally blanking out about it. Um, uh Kristen, oh, I'll have to come back with it, but she talks about dad privilege, okay. right? And, and as a population, and this is just over years and years and years of, you know, moms being the ones home, whatever, you know, how it developed, dads don't feel guilty taking time for themselves, but moms do, mm. always. Yep. 100%.
0: There's that, you know, and and I, you know, I would say somebody somebody um and I'm not gonna remember who said this to me or where where I heard it, but it definitely is not mine. Um it's a another healthcare provider that was like, whenever uh, you know, one of the first things she'll ask a client to do is a time journal. Yes. I want. Uh, because she said, I ask a question. I, you know, I've been asking all my clients, like, what does a typical day look like for you? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I've asked this like of five new patients, like just today. And they stared at her blankly, like deers and headlights. Like, what do you, what, what, what do you mean? What does, they don't even know, like they don't actually know what their day looks like. And she goes, okay. So if we're going to go on this healing journey, together mm-hmm. like if you're going to work with me yeah. one of the things I you know it, it because one of the things we often hear is i didn't have time to do my exercise right yeah. so the so the therapist is like one of the first things that i do is i get them to do a time journal of I a couple that. of days to actually for you to actually see where your time is going because mm-hmm. i'm she's like i am certain that we can find time in your day. Yeah. To fit this in. Yeah. Well, it might mean, it might mean sacrificing something, but then there's the mindset of where's your priority.
1: Right. You know, and it's always interesting to go into your phone and look at your screen time, see how actual, how much actual time is being spent because it's a suck. Like, you know, all of a sudden it's like, you're looking at it for five minutes and I guarantee easily 30 minutes have gone by. Yep. It's definitely
0: one of those. So the phone I've definitely, and I don't know, I just feel like something is changing for me since this pandemic with respect to social media. Like I much rather be on Instagram because I just kind of want to see pictures. I've just, yeah. I've just been finding other platforms right now just to be like, so overwhelmingly kind of negative and like just too high intensity, too much high energy. And it's like, I just wanted to look at some cute cats. Okay. Yeah. And I, you know, like I don't want to get into like this big there's yeah. already enough big things happening on day to day. And yes. like I found, I've been finding social media platforms are like just turning into a dumping ground of like dumping the news and dumping opinions and then
1: people getting upset about other people's opinions. And it's like, really? Oh, I feel God. like that happens way less on Instagram, which yeah. is why I prefer. And I think that they're like, to me, there are real positives to social media. And one of them being like, I find it's very important for people to be able to see themselves in someone else in order Mm. to be able to do something. For example, I have one of my boys, actually two of them now, my younger one just joined, but are dancers, right? And so when my son expressed a big interest in dance, now obviously I was in the dance world, so I know where he came from, sort of, but this was from three years old, like, mommy, when are we going to take dance, guys? when's our turn? And, I purposely went out of my way to find places where he would be able to dance where other boys were. Yeah. Just like, um, I think that African-American girls should be able to go to a dance school because it's, there is a cultural divide. They should be able to see themselves in that dance school. And there's a current drama in the Pilates world of body image and Pilates and amongst teachers and sort of some people are really pushing that they you know want body diversity and that's what I love about social media right now is that there are people there of all different shapes and sizes Mm. doing Pilates and that's really important um I am part of a few groups and a lot of Pilates teachers have had to Get themselves online because of the pandemic, where they yeah. were not online before, um, and everyone's trying to pivot. And they say, "Well, I don't want to put video myself because I don't, I don't look, you know." And I, and I always say to them, like, "That's exactly why you should." Yeah, they don't want to see you do it perfect. They want to see someone like them do it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's certainly a a theme that I've been hearing, you know, from others. I'm looking forward to doing a podcast with a personal trainer that is of South Asian descent. And, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, she was talking about like why she got into the fitness world was because there was no representation for her. Right. And she's like, well, I guess I have to step up and be that representation, you know, for my community. And I think it's super amazing Mm -hmm. That um, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, more and more people getting on different platforms and like making themselves visible and vulnerable, although it's like super scary um, on the flip side of that, you know, maybe doing something really positive for that person who's like, well, I don't look like them. I don't quite resonate with them or, you know, like there's so many different reasons, but you may be showing up for somebody that you don't even know you're showing up for.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, really cool. And I've been on Instagram for a while and and building my business for probably over a year. Um, And my favorite part about it is when somebody says like, Oh, you know, I've been watching your videos and they just make me happy. Yeah. Like, right. Like, (laughs) um, you know, I have a lot of knowledge, but I'm really just here to be a positive presence.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so I think w- w- what we're trying to say is like having a good mindset, getting mm-hmm. get, working on yourself, you know, uh, ties into you then, you know, prioritizing your health that ties into like, hey, you know, if I really, you know, I want to be the best version of myself, that includes me eating the kind of better foods. And then, you know, getting my body moving in a different way is going to really just take what I have and make it just that much
1: better. Yeah. Oh, totally. And it's all interdependent on each other. So it's like, you know, you, you eat, you choose the salad at lunch. You have a higher shot later that day of being like, let me hop on the treadmill and walk for a half an hour, or you get up early and you walk for a half an hour. You have a better shot of choosing the salad out of your fridge than the cheeseburger.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of build momentum with the small little, um, health
1: choices. And then that builds upon itself. Absolutely. I end every email I send with, you can change your life one choice at a time. Absolutely. And uh, talking about quotes, um, you have another one that
0: I'm, I'm, I'm prompting here, which is pause. Don't quit. Let's talk about that.
1: That's actually a really good friend of mine's quote, Melissa Wiggins. And she said it to me and I've carried it forward because she said it to me at a time where I really needed to hear it. It was in the summer. And, you know, with the pandemic, we all, no matter what we look like on Instagram, we have highs and lows, right? And so I was in a spot where I was frustrated that I was not getting to something accomplished that I really wanted to do. And I felt like, you know, having the pandemic and everything was slowing me down. And and she said like, and I was exhausted. And she's like, well, pause. It's not quitting. Pause, don't quit, right? And because I was like, I can't quit. I've come so far. And she's like, you don't have to quit. You just have to take a pause. Absolutely. Yep. And being
0: of a, you know, perfectionist nature, right? Like that's definitely like a really challenging thing to to do and it's interesting because you know in the end of the year for me is usually like a crazy time so it's like my kids starting school jk like i have no idea what that even all looks like (laughs) so i'm like stressing about that i'm starting teaching um you know i'm working my clinical hours and like i'm running this podcast and then i'm trying to get these like You know, programs and protocols started and I was just like, and then I just kind of in the last like three, four weeks, it was like, I am burning out at all ends. And Mm -hmm. even though like the drive is like, can you just make it another two weeks? And I said, no, I'm just not going to add any more hours uh, for clinical practice because I'm just not going to do it well because I'm exhausted Mm-hmm. and I just and so like now I'm just like you know what it's okay for me to pause and so like I went on my schedule and I'm like I am blocking off an entire week that's awesome first week of January and my intention is to like binge Netflix yeah like I just I want to like I want to force myself to literally not do anything business or clinical related. Like, I don't want to do anything, no podcast. Like I just bare minimum, like nothing. Because I just want to be able to say, you know what? I'm so glad that I took a week just to do nothing.
1: And you know, that's part of the process. Um, Renee Brown was talking on one of her podcasts and she was saying how, when she was writing her first book, her husband took her kids to his parents for a whole weekend. So she could write. And she basically, she watched something, but I forget what it was, but she binged Netflix the entire time he returned and he was like, Oh, how much writing did you get done? And she was like, uh but, <laughs> but that's part of the process. Like you have to have that time. And then all of a sudden, like you're, you're writing like crazy. Absolutely. Well, there's For a new, fi- there's a fire. fire. There's yeah. a
0: fire on your butt. Cause you're like, wow, I took this week off. Now I need, now it's like, okay, now it's go time. Like here are the things I need to get done. And you're like lit on fire because you've recharged your battery. And yeah. that's and
1: also, I think that step back sometimes while you're binging Netflix, you get some clarity on some things that you can't get when you're like, oh, and you're like <laughs> running around, you know, People can't see me, but my hands are going. I'm Italian.
0: (laughs) Um, It makes me think of like, you know, if you step into a pond and you just like start flailing around, you like get all the muck going and you like can't see your feet. And you're like, totally, yeah, I don't know. what's Something's touching me. Like I can't see the bottom. I'm like, where did I drop my glasses? Like, yeah. And so when you have all these ideas swimming around and it makes sense, like so many of my business coaching programs, like talk about, you know taking the time off will actually make you more productive and i was just like you know what i just i was like yep i'm just going to block it like this year so is awesome. like get myself organized block in my times off and like don't um like don't go back on it right like don't be like oh just yeah i'll help you here and it's like i
1: can't help everybody if i don't help myself And that really brings it right back to what we were talking about is you can't help anybody if you don't help yourself, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, I wanted to
0: ask you because you are working on a new podcast.
1: Yes, yes. So um, it's launching in January. It's called the Well to You Podcast. And it's really about a lot of the stuff we talked about and redefining the definition of what is healthy. And we want (laughs) to... Kick the you know perfect skinny body. Kick the skinny jeans to the cur- curb, and bring in energy and strength and confidence. Absolutely,
0: and I think certainly we need more messaging around normalizing, just normalizing. Like we're all you know, yeah. We're we're all made of the same parts,
1: just organized differently, which comes yeah. from because oh, a- you know, it's so funny. My my cousin and I are four months apart, and you know, I always naturally had a very flat stomach, but heavier legs and she had skinny, skinny legs and she would gain weight in her stomach. And if you ask her, she would talk about how amazing my stomach is. And if I, if you ask me, I would talk about how amazing her legs are, but neither one of us would appreciate, you know, what the other one has or what the, our own cells had.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's totally, yeah, totally true. And, and th- that quote, just to you know, give, uh, credit where it's due, um, the, you know, we're all made of the same parts organized differently is from a book by, oh, the book, the book is called come as you are. Um, and I think I have to look up the author because I want to make sure that like, I, give uh it's a, it's a really great book and it's all about like female sexuality um stuff that we should all be aware of and I highly yeah, recommend <laughs> yeah I highly recommend uh, it was um Emily Nagowski that it's her her quote from her book I'm listening to her audiobook right now and I just I fell in love with that because it's like we're all made of the same parts organized differently and therefore all normal yeah I've been yeah. just getting a lot of messaging around like it's normal to feel this way. And it's normal that, you know, like trying to kind of down just kind of like cool things down. Right. Like, It's normal that you would feel overwhelmed to look at all the stuff that you're doing. Right. Like (laughs) there's nothing, it's not like you have a pathological problem that you feel overwhelmed. It's just like, you have like a lot going on. You got like (laughs) 10 things on your plate. Maybe you should take a couple of them off. Oh, okay, cool. Rather than beating myself up on like, why are you so overwhelmed? And like, you should be stronger. And like, you should, you should be able to get through it all. And it's right. So like you got that narrative going when it's really like, yeah. It's normal that you're feeling overwhelmed and maybe you should take reevaluate that. And I was like, Oh, okay. And it kind of takes this shame and judgment out away from it. So that's why, that's why I appreciate it. Um, so you said
1: January. January. Yep. Um, that is in January on all the, all the normal places that you will find a podcast. Awesome. Um, it's with a partner. Her name is Kirsten and she is a life coach and a yoga teacher. Um, so it's kind of a nice balance. Absolutely.
0: Um, If people want to know about that podcast, when it's launching, if people want to
1: find you, follow you, like where, where do people go? So they can go on Instagram at Opal underscore wellness underscore studio or at Well. Underscore two underscore you. I apparently really like those underscores or I just couldn't get the name. So <laughs> and well to you podcast will have its own Instagram page. It is just not open yet for public consumption. And you, I have a web page, uh, www.opalwellnessstudio.com. And weirdly, you can find me on Facebook at Sue McCarroll Pilates. I cannot let get Facebook to let me change my name, it's very hard to change a name of a page, a page on Facebook.
0: Interesting, I did not know that. Um, yes. And we will put the links, those the yes. appropriate links that are public in the show notes to make it super easy uh, yeah. for people I to would click Probably that
1: by the time this airs, the Well to You podcast Instagram page will be public. Ah. Um, it's there, it's just in the works, so. Yeah, fair um. enough. So <laughs>
0: it may not be in the show notes. But you, 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 you've been told you can search, yeah. (laughs) So you you can
1: find it off of Opal Wellness Studio or Well to You. So there's lots of ways. Absolutely, Sue.
0: I want to thank you so much for this really fun, lighthearted, enjoyable, like well-rounded discussion that started in Pilates and ended in you know life getting better.
1: Thank you. I enjoyed this so much. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: And of course, we always want to thank our listeners for joining us on a weekly basis. Of course, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, every week is a different topic related to, you know, health and wellness and living a better life. So if you're not subscribed, you should subscribe because... Well, you don't want to miss out on like a topic that may be totally of your interest um, and share it out because, you know, you never know whose life you might be touching. um, And we would appreciate that. So on that note, we say goodbye for now and we'll we'll be connected again on the next podcast.